coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. I was abused by my stepmother, verbally, emotionally, and physically. Thankfully, not sexually. Hold on, hold on. There is no thankfully here. It's easy to pass along to say, hey, it was emotional, but it wasn't this. I want you to sit in the hell that was your child. What up, what up, what up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show, and I'm so grateful you've joined us. We are figuring it out. Whatever's going on in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, trying to date in the 20, what century are we in? 21st? In this century, madness out there. This is the Dr. John Deloney Show, which we so creatively titled after me, I'm John. And we are talking mental health, relationships, marriage, parenting, all the things that are keeping us up, struggling. Um, if you want to be on the show, give me a buzz. 1-844-693-3291. 1-844-693-3291. And don't forget to send in your success stories. Ways you've transformed your marriage, ways you, tra- you transform your parenting, uh, ways you have decided I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to set these backpack full of bricks down of old childhood abuse. I'm going to move on. Let us know about your success stories because we want to share them with the world. And don't forget to leave your five-star reviews and hit subscribe. It just takes like one second. Just hit subscribe real quick. Ready? Okay. Thank you for doing that. One of two, one or two of you probably did that just then, but probably not. All right. Let's go to Nico in Boise. What's up, Nico? Good morning, Dr. John. Good morning, Nico. Um, What's up? Well, I have a problem that I've sought resources for. And basically the advice I found on the internet is that the issue I'm having makes me a wuss. So I figured I'd reach out to you and see if maybe you could give me a little better advice. (laughs) You were like, I know a wuss. I'll call him. Well done, Nico. Well done. (laughs) So what's up, man? What's, what's this problem you got? Well, so I, I hold on, hold on, by the way, never go to the internet, dude. Thank you. There you go. (laughs) I had to learn that one the hard way. Go to random podcasters. Way safer, way safer. All right. So what's well, up? My wife speaks pretty highly of you. So I, I figured that was a good place to start. <laughs> You're a wise man listening to your wise wife. Well done. Okay. So what's up? <laughs> so as a child, I was abused by my stepmother uh, verbally, emotionally, and physically, thankfully not sexually. Um, hold on, hold on, and, hold on, hold on. I'm stop you right there. I'm going to stop you through this whole thing. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. There is no thankfully here. Okay. Okay. It's easy to pass along to say, hey, it was emotional, it was physical, it was psychological, but it wasn't this as though there's levels here. Okay. I want you to sit in the hell that was your childhood and don't say, yeah, but somebody else got this and somebody else got that. We're not going to do that. We're going to let it ride. Cool. Okay. All right. We're in it now. We're in it. Your stepmother abused you. Evil person. Tell me more. Yeah. All right. Well, so she was my primary caretaker and parental figure. My dad worked a lot. We're talking gone for weeks, come home for a few days, gone again. And so she was my primary person. And I didn't really think much of it as a kid. It was just, that was my normal. But then they got divorced when I was getting ready to enter eighth grade and things happened. I, I 
didn't know about it at the time, but I had issues with women, especially when they would show any emotion besides happiness, I would shut down. And I only had a couple of relationships through high school, nothing really serious. And then after high school, I, again, didn't realize it at the time, but looking back on, I kind of avoided interacting much with women, like jumped into male dominated professions and basically became my father working all the time. And then about two years ago, um, my wife, who was one of the couple relationships I did have in high school, she was my childhood sweetheart. Uh, we, we reconnected after more than a decade and ended up getting married. And we actually just on Valentine's day had, had a daughter. Congratulations, man. Thank you. But through the course of our marriage, there's been a couple incidents where my wife has had tension or conflict with another woman and I didn't defend her. And basically I I just kind of shut down and I didn't stand up to the other woman. And it's, it's a thing that I, again, at the time didn't notice until we talked about it. And she pointed out to me that she doesn't feel safe because I don't defend her. And it's interesting. And it's caused a lot of reflection on me because if it was a dude, no question, I'm a pretty big dude. I used to fight. Like I I was, I was a fighter. It wasn't great. I was eight and six, but (laughs) I'm within 10 pounds of my fight weight. Like I I'm confident and capable, willing to throw down at a moment's notice with a man. But if a woman gets mad, I shut down. I just, I, I don't know what to do. And in the couple instances of reference, rather than try to intervene or stop the other woman or get in the way, I tried to control my wife instead. I was like, honey, you need to calm down. You need to do this. And I I didn't help her. And she has expressed to me that now she feels unsafe and I will do anything I can to save my marriage. And I got to figure out how to get over my issues with women and be able to stand up to a woman. That's the first time you ever said that out loud? Uh, Besides talking to my wife about it before I made this call, yeah. Yeah. I just want to applaud you for saying that out loud. That was hard. Thank you. That was hard. And you're not a coward. You're not weak. Okay? Cool. Thank you. And if you've listened to the show for more than five minutes, I'm not always accurate, but I never lie. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. So your mom abused you. And that's trauma, right? Yeah. Are you, are you are you do you do you acknowledge that? I do. Okay. So trauma is can be a couple of things. It can be what you experienced, which is abuse. It can also be what should have happened, what you should have received as a child, as a kid that an adult withheld from you. Okay. That makes sense. That means your dad is involved in this too. Your dad left you, man. Yeah. And you got a little a boy in there wondering why dad did you leave me with this woman that I don't really know to go through this. 
And where's birth mom? She passed away when I was three. Okay. He remarried when I was almost six. Okay. And I'm just going to make up a story here that might or might not be right, but it wouldn't surprise me if he went all in on your birth mom and she died and he didn't have a plan B. And his body told him, we don't have a plan B, but we're never going to get hurt like that again. But he wanted companionship and he wanted connection, so he got remarried to somebody. And then he hit the road. You nailed it almost exactly. He was all in with my mother to the point of uh, working multiple jobs to afford a lifestyle they couldn't really afford so she could have everything. They were living in Hawaii, and he was... I mean, all the way down to not being a religious man himself, but never missed Sunday mass because she was a devout Catholic. And then when she passed, it it broke him. And so the man that raised me was an alcoholic that worked on the road a lot. That's right. I need you to hear the layers here. Mom dies at three. Dad disappears in a bottle. Dad disappears on the road. Dad gets remarried to somebody who's abusive and crazy. And Nico, you got out. Don't let anybody ever, ever tell you that you're weak. Or that you're not strong or you're a wuss. Ever. And I don't care about your MMA record. Okay? You got out. You hear what I'm saying? I did. Okay. Now, I think you're misguided, and I'm telling you that out of love. Okay? Okay. Um, I've done a few things to a few events with um, Jocko. You know Jocko? I do. The Navy SEAL guy is real tough. He's awesome. He's a great guy. Behind closed doors, he's a great guy. Front of closed doors, he's a great guy, and he's doing some good stuff. Former Navy SEAL. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. In my training, I didn't have a record at all. My training for years with MMA is before you could get fights every weekend. It was impossible to get fights. Um, I left MMA training infinitely less of a hothead. I haven't been in an altercation since. I just decided I'm never doing that again because it wasn't the end result wasn't worth it. And I'll never forget this interview with Jocko where somebody was asking him about it. And if you don't know, Jocko's multi-time black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's a former Navy SEAL. He lifts weights 24-7, 365. He eats like bricks and iron for breakfast. Um, and somebody asked him, okay, so you were walking with your wife and kids down the streets of San Diego and some crazy person runs out and tries to start something with you. What do you do? And Jocko said, well, I guess I would grab my wife's hand and We'd walk across the street and go down the other sidewalk. And the guy said, what? You wouldn't defend your wife's honor? And Jocko said something that will stay with me for the rest of my life. He said, if it takes me beating up some lowlife on the streets to prove that I honor my wife, I have failed her in every other facet of our relationship. That's not where you show honor. And then he went on to say, 
there's a handful of men on planet Earth that can defeat me in hand-to-hand combat, and they all do it for a living. They're all professional fighters. And if somebody steps to me in a bar, I will buy them a drink and wish them well because they're clearly having a worse day than I am. I have a pretty good life. And I remember one time getting into something in my wife, thinking I was defending my wife. And she, uh, she may have been my girlfriend at the time or just early on in my wife. And she told me, I feel less safe when you do that. And so I want to challenge you, given my, my life story, listen to what Jocko had to say, that maybe if your wife's in an altercation with another woman, the greatest, smartest way you can love her is to grab your wife's hand and get out. That throwing a punch at a woman or defending yourself in front of women or mouthing off at a woman is not the greatest display of honor and integrity and safety. The strongest thing to do is to take your emotions and put them in your back pocket and do the smart, intelligent thing. It's going to allow you to Wake up the next day without somebody throwing a bottle and smashing you in the head that you didn't see coming. Or waking up the next day not in jail. Or waking up next day with a bunch of people filming what happened and now you can't, you're unemployable because you beat up a female. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So what happened in these situations that you walked away from or you tried to get your wife to settle down to where she feels unsafe? So... Uh, the first one would have been, she was a couple months pregnant and we were in Nevada visiting some family and she was in the restroom and there was a, an old lady that was waiting in line and got impatient and was knocking on the door a bunch. And her and my wife had a brief spat or whatever when my wife was leaving the bathroom and uh, my mother-in-law was with my wife at the time. And I had been elsewhere checking out the drink cooler, going to get my wife something to drink. Her and the mother-in-law headed straight outside instead of coming over to where I was. So I went out to ask her if she still wanted a drink. And we went back into the store. And then the old lady came up and started telling my wife, you know, other people have problems too and going off about something. And she got close enough to my wife that it made my wife very uncomfortable. And so my wife got real loud and, they were going back and forth and I was just like dumbfounded that this was even happening. Like here's my wife having a a borderline yelling match with an old lady at a gas station. And so, so Nico, you're the one that got put in an unsafe situation. What about the fact that I didn't defend my pregnant wife? What in the world is your pregnant wife doing getting in a fight with an old woman who's may have medical issues, may have mental health issues, may have some deranged son in the car with a gun. Why in the world is this? This is like children. You see what I'm saying? And I felt very much that way at the time. You were, your feelings were accurate. At the same time. Nope. Your feelings were right. I took her into that situation. To the gas station? She, She had headed outside. I took her back in there. Okay, so you I didn't so, read so, 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 so Okay, so you messed up. You can get back in yeah. the car and be like, whoa, thought we could talk that one out. <laughs> Not talking that one out. And then the whole thing's over. We're moving down the road. Okay. Okay. I have asked my wife on occasion, don't get me in a situation that I'm gonna get myself killed. Because I will. 
And she is, my wife is as calm as they come. And she's like, trust me, if that happens, that would be because you're an idiot. Not because of, not because of me. Okay. Your valor and value to your wife is not in confronting old women in gas stations. Okay. Yeah. When we talked about that situation and the other one afterwards, because there was one other one involving a nurse uh, at the hospital after the baby was born. And again, uh, it was a verbal thing. My wife was really stressed out and the nurse rather than suggesting things was telling her what to do. And my wife got all heated and ended up telling her, you know, you need to get out of here. Or I'll have you removed. While this was going on, my wife was getting tense. Rather than telling the nurse to go, I was telling my wife, you need to calm down. You need to take some deep breaths. Keep your blood pressure down. Okay, and, and, and let's back out of that situation for a second. Did y'all just have a new kid? Yeah. You know who thinks rationally in those moments? No humans on the planet. No one. Yeah. No one. And so, there's got to be some grace on both sides. Confronting a nurse in a hospital is almost never the right move. And telling your wife who just had a baby to quote unquote calm down, that's probably pretty dumb. <laughs> right? I wouldn't say oh, that. I, and I regretted it. Well, and asking your husband to beat up a nurse in a it, that's dumb too. You see what I'm saying? The whole thing mm -hmm. is being able to step back thirty thousand foot after an emotional interaction and say, whoa. I got heated. I feel like we're having a misunderstanding though, John, because she never asked me to beat anybody up. It was more when, when I asked her about what she expects. Okay. Essentially, in these situations, she wants me to get in between, to be a shield so that she has the option to leave. Instead, I try to put her in the box. I try to control her. And that's where the problem is. I I feel safe enough with my wife that I will tell her you need to calm down versus some strange woman who's getting emotional and I don't know what to do about it. That's the smart move. Leave. Uh, okay. Okay. We can have the discussions. We can have the disagreements. We can have the fights and the frustrations when we're at home and when we're safe and no one's going to hit us over the head with a bottle. But in the heat of the moment, sometimes the best thing to do is I need you to leave. Has she ever grabbed you by the arm and walked you out of a place because you were a hothead? Probably. Um, not that I can remember. Or has your did your MMA coach ever we do were, that? Um, sensei shut me down on more than one occasion. Exactly. It happens. It's a smart move. People who love us and take care of us because sometimes we get heated and emotional in the, in the moment. Yeah. I, I think the bigger conversation that y'all need to have is this. When do you not feel safe, Nico? When your wife is standing eye to eye, nose to nose with another adult woman, jawing and yelling and people are back and forth. You can say, honey, that makes me, I've got to get in the middle of that. Please walk away. And she can tell you, I don't feel safe when someone's attacking her. That's a whole other conversation. But that's not happening here. And more broadly speaking, whether this is related or not, I don't know, man, but whether it's related or not, your body understands very deeply that when somebody gets aggressive or in your face, 
particularly someone who reminds your body of your stepmom. I don't want to paint that as all women, but as someone who reminds your body of your stepmom, the safest thing to do is shut the machine down. Shut it down. Go to neutral. Back it down. The whole thing. Turn it off. That's the safest bet to get out of the situation. Okay. And your, your homework over the course of your life, this is an ongoing thing, is to number one, make sure this sweet little girl always knows that mom and dad are in control emotionally and physically. Okay. That y'all are safe. Okay. We're going to break this cycle with this young one. And see, I'm, I'm really glad you said that because there is an, an instant that was different than that. Um, my wife had a son from a previous relationship who I've since adopted. I mean, that is, he's my boy, but there was an instant, one instant with a man and it basically involved my son and his son were at a park and the other guy's kid was being a jerk to my kid. My kid said, stop. The kid didn't stop. And, uh, my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, like we'd been dating a couple of days, um, went to talk to the other kid and the dad got up in my wife's face and started yelling at her. And at the time, like I said, girlfriend of a couple of days and, I see a dude bigger than me yelling at a woman smaller than me. And I had no issue getting between them and telling him he needed to get the hell back. And, but do you see the difference there? Yeah, it was a man. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with the gender. I mean, maybe it does, but one of those situations or two of those situations was escalated by your wife. She could have got out of the bathroom with an elderly woman and said, Hey, I'm sorry. Or an older lady. I'm sorry. I had to go. You clearly have to go to, I'm sorry. You just walk away, go home. That's different than a big man coming at your wife in the park in attack mode. That's a totally different proposition. And in your body, it's starting to conflate aggression and frustration and all, all of it just gets wound up. Yes, I would do the same thing. If someone's coming after my wife, I'm going to get between them. There's no question about that. And if my wife just needs to, if we can just walk out the door and get in the car, I'm going to walk out the door and get in the car. And it's not because I'm a wimp and it's not because it's because I'm smart and I have honor that woven into my relationship. As I was saying a minute ago, you got to, the rest of your life is going to be dedicated to letting this little girl know you're present. You're not going to get on the road. You're not going to run. You're not going to turn to alcohol when being a parent gets hard. And make no mistake, Nico, it'll get hard. And when your body begins to seize up on you and freeze on you and shut down on you, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it and go, we used to not be safe and now we are. We used to not be safe and now we are. We used to not be safe. Well, now we are. And we're just going to practice safety. And when you don't feel safe, when your wife's dragging you into a fight with an older woman in a gas station, you are right to say, this is not smart for either of us. Let's not do this. I brought you back inside. I thought we could talk it out. That was stupid of me. I'm sorry. You're a good man, dude. You're a good man. You've been through hell and back. And you got the scars and strength to prove it. Let's 
Let's make moving forward about connection. Let's make moving forward about safety. Let's make moving forward about teaching our body that we weren't okay then, but we're okay now. Let's break this generational abuse and alcohol. Let's stop it. It stops with you. I'll walk with you the whole way, my brother. Give me a call anytime. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Be honest. How often do you find yourself pausing in the middle of a day and it feels like there is so much going on and you find yourself wondering, what would I do with just a spare hour or 30 minutes? Can you even imagine? And it's in these moments that we often realize we're living someone else's life. Everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving our lives and we can't keep carrying this load for everyone and everything. And it's in these moments when it feels like too much or when you need some help parsing through all the chaos that talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you have with boundaries, time, commitments, and your own self-worth. And that can be in relationships with your friends, people at work, your significant other, or even how you can make and keep commitments with yourself. Therapy can be amazing for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make it happen. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills so you can be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we are back. Let's go to Darby in Buckeye, Arizona. What's up, Darby? Hi, John. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. What's up? Um, I just had some questions about how to talk to my grandkids about their mother. Um, choosing drugs and being homeless instead of um, taking care of them. Yikes, that's tough. It is tough. Are you grandma? I am, yes. What happened in your daughter's life that made drugs the best solution that she feels like will get her through her day? Um, things that I can think of, cause I've thought about this a lot, um, is her, um, biological father just kind of really didn't want a whole lot to do with her. Um, more so, um, just kind of, you know, she would go for a visit, but didn't really do much with her. Y'all divorced? Yes. Yes, long ago when she was nine months old okay. um, is when her dad left. Was your pregnancy pretty traumatic, pretty stressful? Oh, very much. Yeah. Very much. And that's the, that's the biggest thing that I can think of. And then she had gone through um, some troubles with, I, I remarried when she was five and we're still married today. And um, we had a problem with my husband's brother, and he was um, inappropriately touching her. 
So we had to go through that whole thing and she did some counseling. But she's just kind of always Darby. Always looking. Darby, Darby, Darby. <laughs> what? That's not kind of a problem with my husband's brother. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was. And we we definitely didn't sweep it under the rug. I mean, we talked about it and we did some counseling. But um that's like yeah, saying, been- Darby, that's like saying a bomb went off and we didn't just leave it. We like cleaned up some of the glass. That type of, ah, oh man. So where, where's her, where's baby's parent, dad? Um, my granddaughter, the oldest one, her dad is in North Dakota. Okay. Well, they're both in North Dakota, but my grandson's never met his dad. He's never been a part of his life. Why not? Um, I've I've never met him. My daughter had moved to North Dakota um, when she turned 18. And that's when she met um, my granddaughter's father. Why'd she move all the way to North Dakota? Um, My oldest daughter lived there. And she just wanted to be on her own. Sort of on her own. Well, not at my house. So she moved there. And um, so there was, I don't know exactly everything that was going on while she was away. And so she had um, my granddaughter. And then um, it didn't work out with her, my granddaughter's father. And she met this guy. I have never met him. Didn't know him very long. They got married. She didn't even tell me. And then next thing I know, she left him. She's pregnant and um, just not doing well. So we went back to North. We drove over to North Dakota and brought her back. We were living in Washington State at the time. And she had the baby in Washington and lived with us. But, yeah, we've never met, met his dad. So I think it's really important from right now until the rest of your life is, is, is through for you to never say, my daughter is choosing drugs over babies. It looks like that. And for you and me who are not struggling with addiction, mm-hmm. that, that algorithm makes sense on paper. But there is a hurt inside of her and a disconnection and a pain that is so profound that the only thing, I, I, I'm trying to think of something minuscule, like a time that my tooth snapped in half um, and a, a root canal I had broke and I had two exposed nerves and I couldn't, I couldn't see. It hurts. It was pain that was in the ball of my foot all the way through my body. And I went in my room and I shut the door and I put my face down and I had like a warm thing on my face and my mouth was swelling up. And when my son came, I was like, get out of my room, get out of here. I can't, I got, I, the pain was so intense, volume, words, anything. That's inside her soul. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a matter of her waking up and being like, you know what? Screw those kids. I'm getting high. 
It's not how that works. I've never in my life met an addict that was like, no, dude, I absolutely hate my kids. I love the state of my life right now. I would much rather be homeless than have a warm, safe place to stay and be with my kids. I've never met that person ever. So if I'm telling a nine and a six-year-old this, I'm telling little kids this, I'm telling a mommy is really, really sick. That's kind of what I've been telling my granddaughter um, for the past three years that she hasn't seen her mom. Yes, that's it. Mommy's really sick right now, and she loves you very much, but right now... She, she doesn't love herself, and she's just really sick. I wouldn't even say that. And because listen, part of your, your, those little kids know that half of them is mom. And so any negativity to those kids is negativity directly into their, their little souls. Mommy's really, really sick. Where is she now? She's in Phoenix. Okay. Yeah, she she went to rehab um, in March of 2020. But she um, she got caught with with um, drugs mm-hmm. on her possession, so they they kicked her out. Very very common. So, for, for, what, what kind of drugs is she using? What's your drug of choice? I'm not exactly sure. She just says pills. Okay. Yeah. So it's been kind of a a roller coaster yeah. a bit for definitely for the last three years. And I just Can I ask you a devastating hard make, question? What was that? Can I ask you like a, it's a devastatingly hard question? And I don't mean this to be yeah. ugly. I'm 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 act- asking this for facts, okay? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, why is she choosing drugs over her kids? Why would she choose homelessness over your house? What is it about your relationship and her relationship with your husband that is less safe than being on the street? I would love to ask her that question. <laughs> Would you be able to hear the answer? Of course, I would definitely hear the answer. Even if it hurt real bad? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's very, very common, especially if she's into opiates, it's very common for her to take multiple rehab stints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. Opiates work. That's what I've been told. Opiates are, um, if that, if, you know, when someone tells me they're all pilled out, that's usually what it means. They are Mm -hmm. chemically very similar to love. Okay. And man, that's somebody who's in desperate, desperate need of connection. And it's really, really hard to stay connected to an addict, someone who's struggling with addiction. I know that. I know that. I know it personally. It's hard. And there's seasons of like, I can't be, I'm choosing to keep myself safe and I'm choosing my boundaries and I'm choosing my relationships, um, safety here. I'm going to create some space. Mm-hmm. 
the route I've taken in my life is there will never be a moment that you go to sleep that you don't know that I love you. And when you're ready, I'm ready. Yeah, and I'll hear from her every now and then. Mostly, um, I'll hear from her boyfriend's mother, which we got in contact with each other after we discovered that we were there. We, uh, so and, let, let me just say it this way. That, that plan isn't working. No, but it's the only way I know what what's going on with her would she meet you for breakfast once a month no she won't she won't meet me we've tried that and Mm -hmm. she doesn't show up she says she's going to Mm -hmm. and she doesn't show up okay i saw her one time um i got a hold of her because her number always changes so what works today will not work the next time of course and i met her with some, it was right after Thanksgiving and I met her with some, you know, I told her, Hey, I want, I have some Thanksgiving dinner for you. And she was excited. And we met at a park and, you know, I tell her, you know, I love you so much and I'm here for you. Whenever you want to talk, you can call me, we can meet and we can, I'll take you to dinner. You know, you, you can't come to the house cause I, and I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, but I haven't allowed her to see the kids since she left because she's, she's not okay. And I don't want her coming and going out of their life, especially my granddaughter, my grandson, he really, really doesn't remember her a whole lot. Yeah. But his his body does his body does. He's, he's kind of a different kid. He's got a lot of, his body, um, his body, a lot of issues. Yes. It, yes. Here's the, here's the deal. Um, there's so many complex factors here. When we tell somebody who's really struggling, really, really struggling, let's, let's take, um, um, let's say that your daughter's bar- throwing up. She's barfing everywhere. And she finally comes in, 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 and y'all meet at the foot of her bed and you say, Hey, you're only allowed in here when you're through barfing. So you stay in here. Don't come out. And when you're done barfing, I'll be ready for you. And I'm going to close the door. It keeps barf off of everything. It does. But it makes the work of relational reconnection her problem. The person who's sick makes it their problem. And maybe it's not safe for you to crawl into bed with her. But maybe, again, Everything you've tried so far is not working. What if you just decided once a month or once every two weeks, I'm driving over to the local IHOP and I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to text her and let her know, hey, I'm here for our our breakfast, 730. And go ahead and take a book and some work because she's probably not going to show. And then show up the next week. And then show up the next week. And then show up the week after that. And maybe you're just going to get a whole bunch of work done and get some books read. That'd be cool. Maybe one time she shows up and you're not going to be there with your advice and your lectures. She's got enough shame. She knows. She knows. There's not a thing you're going to say and she's going to go, ah, I didn't know that. But Lego piece by Lego piece, maybe her body begins to feel safe. 
And maybe, Darby, none of this works. I don't know. I got a daughter. And I just know I would storm the gates of hell for that little girl. I also know loving somebody who's struggling, struggling with addiction is a nightmare. I know that. So I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep myself safe. Keep myself in, in, in my boundaries. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep showing up. Not with my lectures, not with my advice, but with pancakes and an open heart. And maybe, maybe she'll come too. She's not choosing drugs over her kids. She's trying to stay alive the only broken, crooked way she knows how. And until she learns another way, um, it's going to be a long cycle. If you can bridge that gap, it's worth a shot. Thanks for the call. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Let's go out to Memphis, Tennessee, right down the road from me and talk to Lexi. What's up, Lexi? Hi, Dr. John. What's How up? are you today? I'm partying. What's up? Oh, man. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm one of the original 17 who's been listening since episode one. So. Yes, way to go. I'm so happy that you are still with us. I think we're down to 12, yeah. but I'm glad you're still here. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to be here. Um, I have hopefully a... A uh, little bit chill question for you today. <laughs> we, this episode desperately needs a chill question. Hey, can no, you uh, cool, cool, make sure you cool. talk directly into your phone, okay? Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Perfect. Yes. Okay. So my question today is, how can I help support my partner, my husband, who is struggling with ADHD <laughs> um, and also get the support and help that I need to? Are you my wife? I thought you might say that. <laughs> um, no, but she always threatens to call the show and be like, "Hey, uh, I love a guy who has a marriage show, but how do I get him to take the trash out?" So, yeah, I I thought you might say something like that based on you so, know listening for a while. What is ADHD? Um, how does it manifest in your house? What do you What are you tired of? Um. So my husband is awesome. He's creative and fun and a really good dad. Um. But he does tend to be forgetful. Um, of things or just easily distracted or overwhelmed. Um, and I know you always say to lead with this. We have a 10 month old baby. Okay. And so some of the things in the past that I've been able to catch, um, I can't because I'm also managing a baby. Um, and it's, it's little things that add up to big things, you know, like, Hey, you know, we both work full time outside of the home. And we've got a division of these are the things he's in charge of. These are the things I'm in charge of. And some of them he does really great. But then the trash only gets to the curb like once a month. Um, and that's a little thing, you know, but it does add up over time where I end up feeling like I have to be on like, hey, did this get done? Did this get done? Did get this get done? Oh, um, gosh, it, it's it, happening. It's happening. I can tell. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm well, about to say, right? Maybe <laughs> you are becoming the mother of two, right? And I don't want that. I desperately don't want that. But and, you are, you are. Yeah. And so, how do you, how do you know he has ADHD? Um. So he was diagnosed as a kid, and then he had an evaluation as an adult, where he was diagnosed 
Um, I actually didn't find out he had ADHD until we had been married for more than a year because he forgot. (laughs) No, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. No, he didn't. Listen, if you Google ADHD, my picture comes up. We don't forget. (laughs) We just think that this time it will be, it will be different. Yeah. And honestly, it hasn't been as much of an issue in the past as it is now. And he straight up said, like, I'm struggling with it right now. Right. Correct. Our life is more chaotic. We have a small baby. We became homeowners. Our house needs work. Like, I understand why it's flared up now, but I don't want to be a mom of two. I want to be a supportive partner that also um, doesn't become resentful. Okay. So, you know this. I'm just going to run through this for the audience. Grown men, myself included, with Mm -hmm. ADD, ADHD, act like children a lot. Um. And the women in our lives become, they act like our moms. And then when people with ADHD feel controlled, they have one response and that's explode. They lash out or they run away, right? Like a child does, right? And no mom wants to sleep with her son and vice versa. So you get in this weird trap of the only thing that helps ADHD is connection. And the only thing that begins to slowly, nobody wants to sleep with a guy that doesn't know what time it is. Or, hey, let's have sex at 8 o'clock tonight, and it's 8.45, and he's just getting into the shower. Like, whatever, right? You, you, you know that <laughs> whole loop. Uh-huh. Um, and what's what's my joke? Like, I will get in the shower at 7.58 and um, for an 8 o'clock meeting. That is 30 minutes away from my house. And I'll get out of the shower at 8.15 and be pissed that I'm late. Like, like it just happened, uh-huh. right? Oh, geez. Um, okay, so a couple of... For, for just the general audience, poor self-regulation, um, extra sensitivity to environment, to um, psychology, to nutrition, these kind of things. Time, my wife calls it my magic time. Mm-hmm. Just magic time. Just like, oh yeah, I'll get those, uh, the, the trash and I'll get in a second. And a second is, it's about a 30-day buffer of the second, right? Mm-hmm. It's between now and October, it'll, it'll get done. And here's the other thing that's annoying. It usually gets done, just mm-hmm. not in the picture that the you you guys you guys agreed on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the the handicapped parking spot. It's just a second. I'll just pull right in there. It's just a second. Like the the rules apply to everybody except for me, right? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> okay, sometimes exactly. Yeah, they apply to to everybody but me, except when they apply to me. All right, here's the path forward. And let me tell you this, the encouragement side is on the other side of this. Um, I've made some extraordinary headway. Headway. No medication, just I've, I've made some extraordinary headway, okay? Are you ready for what I'm going to say? I am. You're not going to like it. Okay. I know. <laughs> the first thing and most important thing is your husband has to want to change. Yeah. He has to want this to be different. Not because you're nagging him, but he wants to have to, he has to choose a more peaceful life. And for somebody, an adult with ADHD, especially a successful adult with ADHD, it feels like you're giving up your superpower. It feels like if I'm not always a little bit late, a little bit by the seat of my pants, a little bit overprepared, I don't have that adrenaline push and it feels like I'm not my best self. And that's a, it's, it's a lie. It's not true. But I have to feel like I'm letting, I, I'm setting the sword down a little bit. And that's scary. Yeah. And he's expressed that, like, 
it's becoming frustrating to him. There we go. Okay, that's it. He's looking for resources. He told me, he was like, I was listening to this book about managing your ADHD as an adult, and the first thing they said was pay attention, and it made (laughs) me want to throw the book. Listen, there's only one book to read. That's it. One book. And it's by Gabor Mate, M-A-T-E, and the book is called Scattered. That's it. That's a book you'll need to read together. It's a very hard book to read because he traces ADHD all the way back to maternal stress. Yeah, and that honestly would make sense here. ADHD is a learned response, a body's response to chaos. And yes, there may be some genetic components. There may be some X and Ys and Zs. But it is a body's learned response to chaos. Gabor Mate does, Dr. Mate does a great job. He expresses attention like a traffic cop at an inter, a busy intersection. And the cars are coming, the cars are coming. And in a person with ADHD, the cars are all driving the same speed. It's just that the traffic cop is asleep on the grass. Mm. And you got to get, you got to decide, I'm going to wake this person up to direct traffic. Otherwise the traffic just gets all the decisions got to be made. Everything gets piled up and then you throw a 10 month old on top of that. And then normal marriage issues that come from having a 10 month old in the house and a new house and a mortgage and all that shit. But that traffic cop is like, dude, I'm taking four Xanax. I'm out. Right. You're just going to, I'm going to pass out on the, on the side of the road. Right. So yeah. you got to get that book. You can't be his mom. You got to be his wife. Yeah. And that means you all need to sit down together and choose your battles. Here's what I mean. Sometimes the fact that the dishwasher is is um, filled up and it's not filled up like you would do it, those are two separate things. Sometimes my wife and I pack different suitcases when we travel because the way I pack my suitcase makes my wife want to set her hair on fire just to feel pain, just to feel something. Mm-hmm. And she does it in such an orderly fashion. It's amazing when she opens it up. I, I've, I've watched her do it and I've tried to duplicate it. And it just, <laughs> I can't do it. But we both are going to get our bags packed and we're both going to go to the same vacation, have a great time. And she's learned to open her hands on this. Just The suitcase is going to look differently. And I've learned I've got to have my bag packed the night before because it makes my wife feel safe. Yeah, that I think is, part of the conversation that we need to keep having. Well, it needs to be written down in a very direct conversation because often moms talk to their kids in very circular manners. Mm-hmm. And so I want the language for you to be not things that annoy you. This is mm-hmm. what makes me feel safe. And this is what makes me feel loved. When you are on time, it makes me feel like you see me and you love me. When you are late, it makes me feel like you are disrespecting me and you, that your time is more valuable than my time. That was the conversation that changed my life. Yeah, that that sounds like it would be really helpful. And we started to have some of those conversations, but... There, they I can't think, be conversations because ADHD yeah. people f- experience emotions in a heightened sense. And the emotional regulation takes over and it becomes the greatest conversation we've ever had. And the sex afterwards is amazing. And then I forgot everything we talked about. Okay. Right? Yeah. You're like, crap, are you in my house? Yes, I am in your house. <laughs> so you got to write this down and you'll have to have a needs and wants dinner time. Make yeah. it a romantic date. And then he's going to have to learn to parent himself. What do I mean by that? Here's a couple of things that really impact ADHD in adult people. Chaos in the house. 
lots of clutter, lots of stuff. My wife likes knickknacks and stuff like that. She has conceded and she has been really gracious in getting rid of a lot of that stuff. And in some ways, in some parts of our house, it's almost minimalist. Other parts, it's pretty chaotic. Um, but in some parts, um, it's very minimalist. It's peaceful. And it allows a overstimulated brain to slow down a little bit. Okay. Also, eating right and exercise is huge for the adult with ADHD. Huge. I cannot miss a day period. And my whole team, everybody on the team knows now if they walk by my desk or they come to ask me something and I'm eating a bag of gummy candy, they all just know, oh, well, he's off the, off the wagon. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a ripple effect. And so here's the sentence. You probably heard me say this on the show before. Here's the sentence that my wife gives me. Here's the sentence I give myself. Don't forget to remember. That's just the gentle sentence she gives me. When I'm, when I am coming away from a pizza buffet and I'm on round three, and I've got them piled up really high, she will just gently put her skin on my skin. She'll touch her, my, her hand on my arm, and she'll say, don't forget to remember how you're going to feel tomorrow morning. That's it. She doesn't say, oh my gosh, you're getting fatter. Are you seriously going to eat all that? She didn't say any of that because I'm overly sensitive. I feel it really heavy when she says that. She just simply puts her hand on my arm and says, don't forget how you're going to feel tomorrow. And I always go, oh gosh, I'm going to feel terrible. And now I'm going to set this thing down. See what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And I think we've, in the past, we've been better with that. You know, having a new baby has definitely thrown things off. Mm -hmm. I think one thing relative to that that I've struggled with is it's very all or nothing. It's either I have to be up at 5 a.m. every day to do my workout or I'm not going to get up any days. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, And as a partner for that, it's a little bit like, okay, what version of you are you this week? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think you are my wife. I think you are. Let's see. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, I'll tell you another book that was revolutionary for me. And it is not a mental health book. And I told him, I told him to his face. Uh, the book Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willing. Okay. It's written in gigantic font. Like a, like a military field manual. You can read the whole book in an afternoon. But it's very, very clear. And it was the first book I ever read that basically said, you can live a life of misery and chaos forever, or you can begin to flatten out your life a little bit and do the same things over and over again, regardless of how you feel, regardless of how tired you think you are. All those Discipline is the path. And discipline has such a bad connotation, right? All it means is I don't care how I feel. I'm just going to get up at the same time every day. I don't care, quote unquote, how I feel. I'm going to do some sort of exercise downstairs, period. There's not a discussion about this. And again, for, for me, my wife has conceded on half the garage as a gym, a, yeah. big, a big, nice gym we spent a lot of money on because if I had to get in the car and drive, I, I missed a lot. Yeah, we're working on getting our home gym set up. Fantastic. Um, partly for that reason. Yeah. That's, 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 that is him learning to parent himself. And mm-hmm. every parent has to parent their kid differently because every kid's different. The big thing is, is you shifting from over him to with him. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on this. And if you're late and you get fired, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you you got to be at work. I'm not going to tell you that. You know you got to be at work. You're an adult. And those are really, really hard. And being honest with him enough to say, I get really scared when you're late because I think you're going to get fired. 
and they were not going to have a house. Yeah, I think that that all makes sense. And <laughs> but it's so hard. I know it's so hard. I know. No, it is, but it it's definitely one of those things where we try really hard, and I think we've done fairly well with this to to look at things of like the two of us versus a problem instead of us versus each other. And so I think reading these books together and, and, you know, talking through this is helpful because we had a conversation the other day where I was just like, look, I am realizing that you view the entire world differently than I do. Um, it's not a matter of view. It's a matter of experience. Okay. Like it feels incredibly insulting to me. To be in a meeting, like it, I feel it in my body when I'm in a meeting and I got to go because I got another meeting. I feel wrong. It feels wrong to stand up and be like, hey, I got to go. Let's finish this conversation later. I feel terrible. Like it, I can't describe it other than it hurts. Like it's just like, gosh, what a jerk. Mm-hmm. So I stay 15 minutes later in the meeting. Mm-hmm. and I want to make sure we have the conversation. I'm honoring you with your time. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. And then we go to the next meeting. I'm 15 minutes late, and that person feels completely like I've wasted their day. Like, right? I've totally ignored them and made them late. See what I'm saying? So I, it, it, it's a, not a matter of seeing the world differently. It's a matter of feeling the world differently. Okay. And what I have to feel is when you do this, it hurts my wife. When you do this, the kids feel like this. And I don't, I don't want to hurt my wife. I don't want to hurt my kids. And more importantly, now that I've had a taste of what peace feels like, I want that. And I literally don't see the plastic cups in my car, my coffee mugs in my car when I'm getting out. I don't see them. I'm, I'm too busy thinking about something else, like a song I used to sing in front of the mirror when I was in fourth grade. And oh yeah, remember that girl? And I wonder what happened to that girl because I thought I was going to marry her. I think she married my friend. You know what my friend did one time? He, and I'm off to the races. And as yeah. I'm getting out of my car, I remember, don't forget to remember how good it feels to get into a clean car. Mm-hmm. And I stop and then I look and I'm like, I need to get these 14 coffee mugs out of here. And then I bring him up and my wife used to be like, are you kidding me? You have freaking coffee mug. And now she goes, thank you for bringing these in. Mm-hmm. And it short circuits my, my shame spiral and it short circuits the whole thing. And it just, we can move on. And when I have seasons of bad ADHD, when I'm spinning, I'm just turning my wheels and I'm carrying a bag of donuts with me everywhere. I don't carry donuts, but uh, I'm over-exaggerating, but there's seasons when she knows. My wife graciously says, not, when are you going to get the trash out? That's not how she approaches me. She does approach me with, hey, some of the signs are pointing to you're not doing okay. How can I love you better right now? And then I usually drop my shoulders and say, I'm really tired or I'm really scared or I'm not going to hit this book deadline or whatever's coming up. And I, we have a conversation and we can talk and that usually resets me. Does that make sense? That makes sense. It does. It definitely does. And I think too, like what I'm hearing and, and what I think is important is the answer is not just don't have needs and manage everything. The answer is continue to engage in the relationship and say, Hey, these are, these are the ways that, you know, this is impacting me and and you're an adult. And so, um, you're going to choose different things or you're going to do what you do. And I'm here to support you in making good choices for yourself. And, um, ADHD is a context, not an excuse. 
And uh-huh. most of the time in my life, ADHD choices are not made in the moment. They're made 30 minutes or an hour or two hours or five hours before. Okay. My cell phone has to stay off and in my bag, period. Otherwise, I choose to pick it up. And then I choose to scroll forever. And then I'm choosing to be late. And I didn't choose to be late. I just chose to check my Instagram stuff real quick. Yeah. So the choice to be on time is the choice to keep my bag, my phone in the bag. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So it's, it's just yeah. learning a new context. Um, you said something I want to touch on before, right before we leave. You said, I know it's not us. We're not fighting each other. We're fighting the problem. Uh-huh. I want to change that language with ADHD because he, that is part of him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if you end up fighting, we're just fighting the ADHD. <sighs> Whether you say we're going to be on the same side of the table or not, you're both fighting him. And he's going to start, have to, he's going to go to war with himself. He's going to declare a civil war on himself. And, and that's, that's what ADHD does. And nobody wins. I want the whole conversation to change to how do we have a peaceful home? And how do I best love you so that you can best love me? How do I help meet your needs so that you are fully able to help meet my needs? And that means you're going to have to be really explicit about what your needs are. And you probably have to spend some time with yourself. Because right now it just feels like, ah, oh, if you just did diapers and just did dinner and just did this, then I would have, ah, that would work for a little bit. It'd feel good for a little bit. But there's going to be something different. I need you to plug in and be a part of this family. What are the things he needs to do to be fully plugged in? Sometimes that means leave the phone in the car. Sometimes that means don't open your laptop when we're talking. Sometimes that means um, Saturday mornings are exclusive. There is nothing planned on Saturday mornings because that's when we go on long walks and we talk together. You got to exercise. And in fact, I'm going to do morning time because you've got to get in the gym and exercise because that makes the whole day better. Whatever those things look like, we're going to create a life worth living together. We're going to create an amazing life with the ADHD, not in spite of it. And I'll say, I think it's my superpower. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wish I'd learned to manage it a lot better earlier, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Thank you so much for the call, Alexi. He's lucky to have you. Lucky to have you. Have fun on the adventure. Call me anytime. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, man, that was a heavy one and some of those calls took a long time. Um, thanks for hanging with us and for being a part of this show you've made it this far shout out to the one and only lives right down the road here the great t swift the great t swift and if you're like oh my gosh are you seriously doing t-? yep song's called bad blood and it goes like this this baby now we got bad blood you know it used to be mad love so take a look at what you've done because baby now we've got bad blood Ready for the poem? Did you have to do this? I was thinking you could be trusted. Did you have to ruin what was shiny? Now it's all rusty. Did you have to hit me where I'm weak? Baby, I couldn't breathe and rub it in so deep, salt in the wound like you're laughing right at me. Now we got problems. I don't think we can solve them. 
You can't check out the hook while the DJ revolves them. That was my vanilla ice. What's up? You made a really deep cut, and baby, now we got bad blood. If that doesn't move you, then you should probably go see somebody. Call BetterHelp. Hey, this is the Delaney Show. We'll talk to you soon.